This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad episode 294. Welcome. Today I am going to provide an edited version of a webinar that I did last week with uh, with SmartBnB. And the webinar was all about communications. Like what are the different aspects and how can you communicate effectively with your guests, the communication flow, all that good stuff. And so people seem to really liked the webinar. And, and so I thought it would be cool to have my producer edit it so that, uh, you know, I edited questions out and, and, uh, and certain things that uh, don't really fit well in the podcast, certain things that refer to slides, for example. And so I've, uh, I've tried to edit those things out so that you actually have a, a pretty, uh, pretty smooth and, and easily to understand uh, experience listening to this. So without further ado, let's start the webinar edits and then afterwards I'll be back with uh, a few quick notes. You know, today we're going to talk about, about communication and I think communication is something that a lot of people kind of underestimate how powerful it can be because it it really it really influences the guest experience and as a result it influences the ratings and the reviews that you get from uh, from your guests and so we all know how important those are those can make or break your your success on Airbnb right so you know I think it's good to take a helicopter view of you know what what are we doing with communication and why do we need to communicate even right so if, if you think about it if you stay in a hotel. Yeah, I, I, I stay quite a lot at hotels and when I stay at a hotel, I never email the host at the hotel to ask questions about the Wi-Fi and about the check-in times and, and all that stuff because you know there, there's industry standards, right? I, I have a pretty good idea what to expect when I stay at a hotel, right? I mean, I was just in Zanzibar, for example, I booked a hotel. And, you know, I arrive at the airport and I, I honestly like, I, I didn't even remember the name of my hotel. Uh, I just go into my email. I find the name of my hotel. I go to the taxi driver. I tell him the name. He drive he and he drives me there. You know, I, I I don't really need to communicate with them. Just having the confirmation is uh, is enough. And so that's usually what happens if you book a hotel. You get a you get a confirmation, and that's it. But with Airbnb, this is a little bit different uh, because there is no industry standard really. Like you don't really know what to expect. You know, an, an apartment is typically not listed on Google Maps. So you can't just jump in the plane and arrive and, and put the name of the Airbnb on Google Maps and then you know where to go, right? You're, you're depending on the host for a lot of information. And, you know, a lot of things like, you know, like what the, the check-in times or, you know, how do you get access to the property, right? I mean, these are things that, that you just don't know. With a hotel, there's always a reception. You always know that you can walk in 24 hours a day and there's somebody there, somebody to give you the key to check you in. But with Airbnb, we, we don't have this. And so I think it's important to sort of be aware of, 
why is communication such a big thing in, in Airbnb hosting versus uh, versus when you're staying in a hotel? You know, I, I say communicating is really about two things, right? It's number one, it's about providing information, right? Your guests just need to know certain information in order to facilitate like uh, a good stay, right? If they don't know, if they, need, they need to know the address, they need to know what time they can check in, how to get access, etc. Like if they don't know these things, then they can't have an optimal stay, right? You can't maximize the guest experience without providing information. And so that's the number one thing. But then the second thing, is building a relationship with your guest. And that's the part that I think a lot of people kind of overlook. Uh, everybody understands that you need to provide some information, but people, I think, don't realize the, the power of building that relationship through communicating with your guests. And again, if you compare this to a hotel, when you write a review for a hotel, it's usually, I would say 80, 90% is probably based on, you know, how clean the room was, the amenities, you know, the, the staff, if you stay at a small hotel, like a boutique hotel, then, you know, you might have somewhat of a relationship with the owner or, or the staff or if, you, if you're staying there for longer. But if you stay at bigger hotels, like you don't really have a, a strong relationship with, uh, with the staff. I mean, they have in lots of, in the hotel industry, you have this rule, like it's called the five uh, the five ten rule. Uh, I think or the ten five rule or whatever it may be, but it's like when when a staff member is within ten feet of a guest, he's supposed to like greet you or something, and then within five feet, you're supposed to say hi, how are you, whatever. And you know these rules are kind of designed to build you know a little bit of a relationship, but it doesn't it usually doesn't go very far. And so when you're reviewing hotels, it's usually based on uh, you know actually what you're getting. It's the accommodation, right? But when you're staying in an Airbnb, that is no longer the case. Because imagine you're staying at a friend's place, just as an example, right? If, if, you're, if your buddy calls you and he's like, hey, I've got this Airbnb, uh, you're staying with me, do you mind like booking it on Airbnb? And your friend's like, all right, cool, I'll book it on Airbnb. And then you're like, hey, can you leave me a review, right? I mean, what's the chance that your friend is gonna give you a four-star review, right? even if the internet goes out for a couple hours, right? And even if your friend uh, is uh, having a beer uh, somewhere in a cafe, you, you arrive and you ring the bell and there's nobody open. So you call your friend, you're like, hey, where are you? And he's like, oh yeah, I'll be there in like 10 minutes. Like you're still going to give that person a five-star review because it's your friend. And so imagine that when you host people on Airbnb, imagine that instead of hosting a stranger, you're hosting somebody who actually feels like it's your, it's, it's already your friend, right? I mean, if you can make that happen, then whatever happens, you, you're still going to get that five-star review. I mean, it's just the psychology right behind it, right? I just stayed at a hotel in Zanzibar, and the owner of the hotel, he every morning at breakfast, he came and he put in the effort to to talk to all his guests. So he'd come up and say, like, hey, how's your day? Um, let me know if you need anything. And at the end, I, I'm going to give the guy a five-star review. Because I like him, you know, and he, he, I can tell that he's, he's, you know, he's trying to, he's really putting in effort to, to try and get to know his guests and, you know, and, and, you know, the little things that uh, I didn't like about the hotel, I just kind of overlooked. And so that's, that's why relationships are important, right? If you have a strong relationship with your guests, then they're going to be very forgiving. If you have no relationship with the guests, they're going to be very critical. So 
That's why communication is important. Providing information, building relationships. Let's talk about these, this relationship a little bit more and let's talk about what is communication and how do we communicate? Now, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this chart. This is a very famous chart. It shows up in, in lots of presentations and TED Talks and God knows what. But I mean, the point of the, the, the chart is really, I mean, I don't know how they calculate these percentages. I have no idea how that's even possible. But the point is the words that you're coming out of your mouth or the words that you're putting on paper, it just does not communicate very much. You know, the French have a very famous expression, c'est la tongue qui fait la musique. And those of you who speak French will know that it means it's the tongue that, that makes the music. And so what it really means is it doesn't matter what you say, it's how you say it, right? And that's, that's why voice, tone, or tonality it has a much bigger effect on, on what you're actually communicating than the actual words, right? For example, you know, if you ask a friend, like, how was, uh, how was the party? And your friend goes, like, yeah, it was great. The words say it's great, but the tonality is like, no, it sucked, right? So tonality is much more important than words, but then even more important is, is your body language because even you can even use a tonality and indicate one thing, but then, you know, body language, our bodies, they don't lie, right? I mean, you can tell by looking at somebody, you can tell, you can kind of tell their emotions and, and the emotions are, are what's true, right? Like if I'm, for example, if I'm really scared, I can pretend that I'm not, you know, imagine I'm in, I'm in an airplane, I'm about to uh, go skydiving and uh, you ask me like, hey, are you scared? I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I'm no, totally not scared at all, right? I mean, you know it's not true because you look at my body and my body is communicating I'm, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm super scared, right? Now, why is this important? Because if you're trying to build a relationship with just words, with just that 7%, like you're not going to be very effective. So it just doesn't work. I mean, you can send 500 emails to guests or you can send them 500 messages on, Air, on Airbnb, but they still not going to feel like they know you. You know, you're just, you're just exchanging information, you're exchanging words and it doesn't do anything. Now, if you, for example, if you get on the phone with your guests, now you're, you're getting somewhere, right? Now you actually feel like, oh, this is a human being. You can tell things by the voice and you start to, to feel like you actually know a little bit about the person. What about if you, if you send them a video, right? A short video where you simply just going like, hey, I just want to introduce myself. I'm your host. I'm really excited that uh, I get the chance to host you. I just wanted to uh, welcome you and give you some information in, in this video. Now the person can, can see you. Right? They, can, they can feel almost your, your energy. It's, it's, it's not quite the same as meeting somebody. Like meeting somebody is the, is the ultimate way to build a relationship, right? But a lot of you probably don't meet your, not, at least not always meet your guests, right? If you're, uh, if you're remote hosting, then uh, you, know, you might have a self-checking option or you might have somebody else that, that meet the get, meets the guests. And so if, especially if you don't get to meet your guests, this becomes really important, right? Using these video messages or getting on the phone or sending voice notes, you know, those are just much better ways to build that relationship than, than just to send a, a, a message. Let's think about, you know, what is communication? So we've already established that communication is mostly through body language, tonality, and you know, a little bit through words, right? But, you know, what are the different aspects? Because the question, of course, is, you know, how do we communicate effectively? 
right? And, and what is communicating effectively? What does that even mean? And how do we do this? And I think in, in order to really understand this, we have to understand what the different aspects are. So let's start with the first one, accuracy. Now, I think uh, everybody will understand that it's important to provide accurate information, but you have different levels of accurate information, right? But in general, like the reason why accurate information is so important is that a guest has expectations of what their stay is going to be like, and a guest has the actual experience that they have during their stay. And if that experience is less than what they expected, then if you don't build a relationship, you'll get a bad review. Now, if you do build a strong relationship, then you can get away with you know, a number of things. So the stronger the relationships, the more you can get away with. But obviously, even though you build a strong relationships, we still want to provide the most accurate expectations that we can. And so, you know, being accurate, is, it's, not about, it's not about being honest because everybody understands that we should lie about something, right? You shouldn't say that you have uh, air conditioning if you don't have air conditioning, right? Everybody understands that, that's, that's obvious. But there's, it, it gets a little bit more uh, tricky than that because you, you have different levels of accuracy and some things are up to interpretation. And so what we wanna do is we really wanna provide objective information or information that is as objective as possible because some things are always uh, subjective, right? If I say that I have a very comfortable couch, there's a good chance that there's somebody on this, on this planet who will sit on my couch and be like, damn, this is the most uncomfortable couch I've ever sat on, right? So, <laughs> so but uh, let me give a, a few more examples uh, of accuracy. Um, the one that I always, always bring up is about Wi-Fi speed, and that's also because it's very important to me. Like, I work on my laptop, I work on wine, I, I travel often, and if I stay at an Airbnb, and I, I can guarantee you I've stayed at a lot of Airbnbs over the last 10 years, and so for me, the Wi-Fi speed is very important. And so when somebody says that they have high-speed internet, my interpretation of that is really quite fast internet. If that's not the case, then you know I, I have a bad experience. But the host, I've had several examples where I stayed in an Airbnb and the host says I have fast internet and I, I get there and I can't even like I can't even do like a, a live stream or something, you know. And then so I tell the host, I'm like, hey, man, like you told me you had fast internet. And he's like, yeah, but, uh, you know, I think this is quite fast. And I'm like, well, I don't think so. And so to prevent these type of situations, you want to be as objective as possible. And how can you be objective? You simply do a speed test, right? You can't argue with it. You simply go to speedtest.net. You run a test and you just provide the speed. You just take a picture of the screenshot and, and, and you put it in your photo gallery, right? So that's really, really being accurate. Another thing is like walking distances and walking distances is an, is an interesting one because there is no real objective way to measure that because one person walks slower than another person and you can't objectively measure it. But what you can do is you can take Google Maps and you can provide the Google Maps uh, walking distance because everybody kind of knows, oh, if Google Maps says it's 10 minutes, then it will take me eight. Or if Google Maps says it's, it's 10, then it will take me 15. You know, depending on when I'm wearing heels or not. I usually don't, but, you know, other people do. But also, like, you know, if you put the Google walking distance, like, people can't really complain about it. Because if they, if they stay at your place and you say, oh, it's a 10-minute walk 
to uh, you know to the to the Statue of uh, of Liberty, and then the guest is uh, well. If you say Google Maps indicates it's ten minutes, and then the guest it'll take him like fifteen. He'll be like, "Hey, you said it was ten. You're like, I didn't say it was ten. It's like that's that's Google Maps. I mean, you know, how it's the most objective way that you can provide information. So let's go to timeliness. Okay, so this is really important. People want their information fast, especially these days that people are just used to that they, you know, they get everything fast. They don't like waiting. And especially internet users do not like waiting. And there's another reason why why this is uh, this is really important because you know I, I've probably stayed at over a hundred Airbnbs. And whenever I stay at an Airbnb, I always select three to five listings. And sometimes they're they're not instant book. And even if they're instant book, I typically have a few questions. Like for example, that Wi-Fi is really important to me. So if somebody doesn't have a screenshot of the Wi-Fi, I will always ask them, what's the actual Wi-Fi speed before I book? I will always ask that question. And so if I contact five hosts, the first person to get back to me, if that person's like, hey, we've got like fiber internet, it's 100 megabyte per second, it's the fastest in the world, I'll literally be like, okay, cool, I'll book it, right? And then those other four people, they, they miss out just because they're slower. And so that's, I think that's really important to, to realize as well. You know, other than the fact that the Airbnb messes your response rate. And so you always want to be as quickly as possible. But sometimes you're sleeping and so you can't respond. And that's where Smart BB comes in, of course, because they will respond to the message even when you're, uh, when you're asleep. Okay, so always always uh, respond as fast as you can. You know, don't worry about the guest uh, realizing that uh, that you're using an automated tool to send a response because I don't think the guest cares that much. The guest just wants a response, right? They just want the information. So the second point, resend information at the right time, right? So if you've been hosting on Airbnb for a while, then you know that... Airbnb guests are pretty notorious for not reading what you sent them. <laughs> you know, it's it sounds uh, it sounds pretty comical, but I've hosted I don't know 400, 500 groups or something like that, and the amount of times that people have sent me this literal this question, "What's the address?" After I sent them number one, I sent them a welcome email, I sent them an online guidebook, I follow up. You know, a week before their stay, hey, here's here's the most important information, just as a reminder. Here's the address, here's the Wi-Fi password, here's the check-in times. Uh, and then like two days before they arrive, I send it again. And what happens? They arrive at the airport, they turn on their phone, and they send me a WhatsApp message. Hey man, what's the address? Look, it happens. So what can you do? Well, you basically you basically just uh, schedule, and, and Smart BB has a very uh, useful way to do this. You basically schedule these messages, you repeat them, and you send them at the right time. You send them when they actually need that information, right? So you know the check-in time, and so in Smart BB you can you can send a message that when the guests check in, they immediately get a message saying like, "Hey, here's the Wi-Fi passport that you're probably looking for right now." just in case you missed my previous 20 messages. <laughs> so yeah, that's why, that's why timeliness is important. It's important to be fast and it's important to send the information at the right time. And the right time is obviously like the moment that people need it or a little bit before the moment they need it. And you know, you can have multiple times where like we'll talk about frequency as well. 
it's kind of like on the same point. Uh, but let's dive into, uh, yeah, digestibility. That's This is an important uh, one as well. I mean, they're all important. Digestibility. Okay, so what does digestibility mean, right? Like we're not going to eat our messages, right? You're going to eat a piece of paper or something. But uh, but yeah, basically what it, what digestibility means is, you know, when you it's it's about the way that you present information, right? Imagine you uh, you are presented with uh, like a whole a piece of paper, like completely full with text, with no paragraphs, with no spacing or anything like that. Just like you know, a thousand words or fifteen hundred words, just just one big chunk. Like, how excited are you to read this? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's horrible. Like, as soon as I see text like that, like it's, it looks like a like a like a contract or something. Like the last thing I want to do is actually read it. And so, you know, it's it's really important to present the information in a way that the guest is most likely to consume it. Because we already talked about this, guests, they, they don't read our messages, essentially, right? So you gotta make it like really appealing. So you gotta, you know, you gotta make it look nice and you gotta not write too much, you know, because people are lazy, people are don't have patience. And so they just wanna consume everything quickly. And so you gotta make the information digestible because then you have a better chance that that your guest is actually going to consume the information, and as a result, you get you know better guest experience. You get less questions. You know you get all these good things and all these bad things. You prevent all these bad things from happening as well. So, so how do you make information digestible, right? So, well, there's one there's one really cool app that I like to use. It's called the Hemingway app, and uh, it basically it gives you a score and it, it indicates like what sentences are difficult to read. Uh, it's, it's a free app and it's, it's really cool. So I like to use it. So if you put your uh, you put your communications in there and then it'll give you some tips on how to improve it, the readability. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of readability tools, by the way. There's a there's a program called Grammarly as well, the way that you can use to correct your grammar. Now, if you're a foreigner like me, like uh, we you know we grow up in countries where we speak different you know really weird languages, and so we have to learn English, but it's never going to be perfect like a native speaker. So Grammarly is a really good uh, tool. Now, you want to use short paragraphs. Two to four sentences, uh, I think, is a good guideline. Um, if you're in some email lists of uh, professional copywriters like or big, like big businesses that hire professional copywriters, have you ever noticed that these emails, typically there's like one line and one line and two lines and one line? It doesn't really make sense, but there's a reason why they do this, right? Because they know that people are more likely to read if it's like short paragraphs. Obviously, you can use bullet points, you can use lists, and that makes information more digestible. But also, instead of sending these long emails, either create like a nice looking PDF with some pictures and short paragraphs and all kind of stuff, uh, or you can use like a guidebook service like Hostly, for example, is, is the one that I've always used. And then you can just use SmartBnB to send an automated message. When you get a booking, you just send an automated message with a link to your guidebook and then people can print it. And that also makes it more likely to that uh, people will consume the information. So don't send long, long chunks of text with you know, lots of grammar and spelling mistakes and stuff like that. Uh, you can only make a first impression once. And, uh, you know, once you once you send them some bad messages, like badly written messages, then the guest is already going to, like, create this vision of, of a host that's not professional, like, you don't want that. So especially if you're, if you're also uh, not a native English speaker like myself, then these tools are, are, are really useful.
So I think that's, uh, that's about it on the topic of uh, digestibility. Now. Take a minute to put yourself in your guest's shoes. Traveling to a new place is always stressful. You have to figure out so many things. How to check in, where the closest coffee shop is, where you should go for dinner. Take the stress out of your guests' lives by making a beautiful digital guidebook that includes check-in and check-out information, information about your property, and special local recommendations to make their trip really great. It will make it easier for your guests, and you'll probably get fewer questions too. Learn more at hostfully.com. Alrighty. Let's see. Frequency. How often do you want to communicate with your guests? This is quite interesting because I remember when I started hosting, you know, I was like, okay, I need to provide these guests with information. So I sent them one email and then that's it. And then, and then I started noticing that, okay, you know, I'm getting all these questions. I'm like, well, as I wrote in my email, <laughs> you know, the, the Wi-Fi uh, network is uh, XYZ. And I started realizing people, people just don't consume everything you, you sent them. And so that's why we already touched on this. Uh, but that's why you, you kind of you kind of need to think about what are the most important, what are the crucial things that guests have to know. So that's something that you wanna you wanna communicate it several times. If you're on these professional email lists, and we can learn a lot from these copywriters because you know they get paid to do this. One thing that you'll notice if let's say somebody tries to sell you a course or something or like some digital product, like how many emails do you get? Do you get one or do you get like six? <laughs> right? I mean, they've, they've figured all this stuff out. It often takes a couple points of contact before people are really understand and consume information. And, and so, you know, the most important things you just want to send, not just one time, but you want to do it multiple times. So, for example, the most important information is like the Wi-Fi. Everybody needs Wi-Fi, right? The check-in times, how to get access to the property, your address, how to get to your home directions, right? Those are the crucial elements. And then also house rules, for example, especially if you have some specific house rules, like like if you don't, your guests can't make noise at 3 a.m. In the, in the morning or something, that's quite like standard. But if you have some specific house rules, then um, you might want to put those in there as, as well. So those crucial bits of information, you really want to, you know, I send it out to my welcome message, to my guidebook, and then I follow up like a week before. I follow up and say, hey, just just, just a reminder, uh, let, let us, you know, let us know where your flight details, here's the directions, like here's the Wi-Fi, et cetera. And then, uh, and then also when they're most likely to actually need it, right? So checking instructions, like maybe uh, have, when they land at the airport or something, just remind them again, hey, here's the address. Um, so, you know, you want to have sort of like a, a minimum, um, what I call like a minimum flow of information. But then I think in terms of, uh, and I think we got a question about this as well, but some people are worried that, that you're going to over overload people with information. And again, uh, I want to refer to email marketing because one thing I learned about sending out emails is that, you know, they've tested this email lists. Email communication works best when you send people an email every single day. And I remember when I started learning about this, I was like, I don't want to bother people all the time with all these emails. But that's just what the what the number the tests just point out that that's what's most effective. And so, yeah, sure, there there is you know there is a thing that's too much information. You don't want to bombard your guests constantly. But let's just put it this way: like what you think is too much information or too often contact too often is probably 
much lower than sort of the annoyance points of your guests. So if, if anything, I would bias on, on the point of communicating more versus uh, less. So what is comprehensiveness? What does it mean? It just means that you want to provide all the information. And so this is something that um, you got to think about. There's two perspectives. There's the perspective from the host, from you, and there's this perspective of the guest. And so comprehensiveness is about the about providing you know every all the information essentially. And let me let me actually let's give an example, right? So I stayed at an Airbnb in Moscow in Russia, and you know my Russian is a little rusty. And so I was sitting in the taxi and I explained to the taxi driver where my apartment was. And so we arrived there. And then, you know, I look outside and I'm like, is this the address? And he's like, yeah, this is the address, you know? And I'm like, uh, hmm, there's this big building. I mean, there's multiple entrances and it's just very unclear to me, like, where am I supposed to go? And, you know, I, this is like 1 a.m. in the morning. Like my, my, you know, the guy doesn't speak any English. And so I basically just walked around the building for half an hour and then somebody, the host finally like showed up and, and, you know, and let me in, but I just didn't know where I had to go. It was very unclear. And so the reason is like, if you live somewhere, like to you, it, it, it makes a lot of sense to you. You might think like, well, this is really obvious where, where my guests need to go, but to your guests, it can be not obvious. Like, you know, addresses work a little different, different countries. Like the first floor is like the ground floor in one country, and then the, the you know the first floor, or you know, like here in Spain, the first floor is like the third floor because they have like a, a principal and a, and a I don't know something else with a P. Um, but so you know, like so you got to be very specific. So I like to send you know send pictures. I stayed in a, a, a place in Singapore, and the host was amazing with his communications. He sent me all these photos. Because I, I had to open this mailbox and, and there was like a key and then, you know, all, all these things. And, and so instead of just uh, writing like, oh, yeah, there's a mailbox, you just get the key and blah, blah, blah. He sent me all these pictures with like arrows, like pointing like, this is my mailbox. This is how you walk there. This is how you get the key out. This is how you put the key in the lock. Uh, it was just so, I mean, imagine trying to explain it to like a five-year-old. Right? That's, that's how specific you want to be. Because to somebody who's unfamiliar with your place, like it might actually it might not be as obvious, and so you you know you want to be really comprehensive and you know, knowledge is comfort. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, if, if you're imagine you're traveling across the world to a country where you've never been, a city where you've never been, a language that you don't speak, everything is different. Your mind automatically goes to like what can go wrong, right? Like. What am I going to do when I get to the airport? How am I going to get there? How am I going to get access to the property? Like, how do I know where to go? Which door? How does the key work? You know, all this stuff. You get all these questions. And if you don't have the answer to these questions, and again, uh, I pretty much have an example of, <laughs> of everything that uh, isn't uh, perfect was when staying at an Airbnb because I stayed at so many. Like, I went to Paris one time and literally uh, there was like no communication. Like, I had an address and that was it. So I was literally like, I jumped in the train and I was like, well, let's see. I have no idea if this host is going to show up. Uh, I have no idea what this place looks like. Uh, I just have a, a, a name of a street and a number and that's it. So, you know, I get there. And so I was like, all right. So I just ring the bell and, and then, you know, the host opened and opened the door. And so from the host perspective, it's like, what's this guy worrying about? I send him the address, right? This, what else do you need? But in my mind, I was like, 
what's going to happen? I was almost thinking like, should I book a hotel? Like that one that I can cancel just in case or so, you know, having all the information and just, it, it just makes you feel comfortable. And again, like feeling comfortable is part of the guest experience, right? So it's not just about the stay. It's also like the sort of the feeling of comfort that the guest has in, in the weeks leading up to, to their stay as well. So be very comprehensive, you know, provide as much information as, as possible in a very accurate way. Help your guests look forward to their stay. You know, that's also true. Like, you know, going on holiday, half of them is, is looking forward to it. So just providing like lots of pictures of the surroundings and all the cool things that you can do in your favorite restaurant, your favorite dish, you know, your favorite bar, your favorite drink, your favorite cocktail, your favorite dessert, like all these things help the guests look forward to their stay and improve the, the guest experience, right? And you get fewer questions, of course, which saves you time. So, I mean, that's always a good thing, right? Communication frequency per se. Okay, so this is kind of like the communication flow, right? So you send, you know, a thank you, a welcome, information, confirmation, questions as needed. Essentially, like you, like at the time of booking, what I used to do, here's my exact message flow, right? I, I would send a, a welcome email with the most important bits of information in the email. Like the, here's the dates, here's the time, the check-in time, here's the direction, the address, the Wi-Fi password, etc. And then I would send a link in the email to my guidebook, my hostly guidebook, and that has all the other information, right? So essentially, when I get a booking, within a split second, the email is all the information there. Like they have everything, you know, because my guidebook is you know, has everything, right? And so I think that's really important. Now, you know, a few days before check-in or a week before check-in, I mean, there's no, you know, there's no exact perfect way to do this. But one thing I always like to get from my guests is, especially when they arrive by plane, I want to know their flight number. Because if I have the flight number, I can simply put it in Google and Google will tell me exactly uh, what if the flight's on time and what the estimated arrival time is. And so I can, so then I know, okay, my guests are, might be delayed or they're not. And so it gives me a good idea of, uh, of what's going on. Check-in instructions, directions. I always like to include like address and Wi-Fi network. I mean, you can never give them the Wi-Fi network or password too often because you know, guests freak out if they don't, if they can't connect to the Wi-Fi. Yeah, and then a few hours before check-in, like, uh, you know, the address, directions, that's always useful. And then when, they, when they've actually arrived, like a, at the arrival time or like a few minutes after, you can, you can maybe send the Wi-Fi password again with a little, you know, a little welcome message if you're not there to greet them. Just saying like, hey, I see you arrived. Like, uh, you know, have a great stay. Let me know if you have any questions. Like, just as a reminder, here's the Wi-Fi information and uh, there's a bottle of wine in the fridge and, uh, you know, some chocolates on, on, the, on the table, whatever. So that's, that's before the stay, right? So at, during the stay, I think one thing is really important in terms of like uh, getting, a, getting a good rating and review. Like if there's anything that's not as expected, then you want to know about it as soon as possible. Now, you cannot rely on guests to give you feedback because some people don't like to give feedback. Some people feel uncomfortable. Right, they don't want to complain, or they just feel uncomfortable, you know, reaching out to you, or whatever it may be. You can't say so if, if you don't reach out to your guests, and then you get a bad review, and they say like, "Hey, the you know, this wasn't good, that wasn't good." You can't be like, "Oh, well, they didn't tell me," right? Because you can't rely on your guests to be proactive. So you have to be proactive, and so you have to ask them a few hours after arrival. Hey, just wanted to check in, make sure everything's okay. If there's anything I can do to help you, let me know. I'm all here to make sure your stay is as best as it can be. 
And then um, again, the day after check-in is important because sleeping, sleeping is, is, is very important for the guest experience, right? I mean, you can have an awesome apartment if the guest wakes up uh, five times in the middle of the night because there's a dog barking or there's whatever it may be, you know, they're not going to have a good experience. And so you want to know about this. The most important thing is just like, if there's anything that's not as expected, any reason that a guest might have to give you a lower than five-star rating, uh, you want to know about it. So check in the day after check in once they once they had a nice a good night's sleep, hopefully a good night of sleep. Uh, again, say like, hey, if there's anything that I need to assist you with or fix any issues, I can fix for you. If your guest is staying longer, like a couple of weeks or something, then you know, or a month, like you definitely want to check in once a week. But I think if it's like a three or four day stay, then what I typically do is a few hours after arrival the next day, and then and and then maybe like every three or four days or five days or something it should be fine. All right, so after the stay, of course, after checkout. So now the, the what's the purpose of the communicating after the stay is mostly get the review, number one, get the review, and, and number two, hopefully a five-star review. So they have to check out, make sure to thank your guests. So there's multiple ways to sort of ping your guests to get them to leave you a review, right? First of all, you write a review for them, and then they get a notification where, where Airbnb goes like, hey, you know, uh, your host has left your review, click here to leave the, your host one, right? So that's one notification. So what I usually do is I just write my guests a review right after they leave. Depends a little bit on their travel schedule. If I know that they're gonna be in the plane and when I write the review, then I, I might wait a little bit. If they're staying in the area, I'm, I write it pretty quickly because I know that you know they'll, they'll, they'll have their phone and they'll be online. Uh, but I don't wanna write it while they're in the plane because then they're gonna get this notification after they land I'd rather have them get the notification and be like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll write a review back. So if they arrive at the airport and then they get it and they're getting in a taxi or whatever, they, you know, they might not uh, do it right away. I'd rather do it before. But um, yeah, these are kind of like small details. But um, but yeah, you definitely want to send them a, a message like, thank you for staying. I'd love to host you again. Hope you had a great experience. Uh, I left you a review. I usually say I left you a five-star review. I don't ask for a five-star review. Some people do. I don't know. I just feel like, I feel it's a bit weird to ask for a five-star review unless it's like a review, like a friend or something. But but I let them know like, hey, uh, you know, I left you a five-star review, and I would love if you if you could uh, you know share your thoughts uh, as well. It's really and let them know it's it's important. Okay, just that's that's good. That's good to let them know it's important. So you can say like, hey, I left you a review. It helps you get more accepted by other hosts. You can leave me a review, and that will help me with my business, right? Now, there's a two-week review window, so guests have two weeks to leave you a review. So I'd say about a week after the stay, I'd send them another reminder if they haven't left a review yet to say like, hey, thanks again for staying with me. I hope everything's going well. I hope you settle back wherever you live and get a good flight. You know, if you haven't yet, please leave a review. It's important to me, blah, blah. And then, uh, you know, a day before the review window closes, so for 12 or 13 days after checkout, I'll send them another friendly reminder. And, you know, you, you'll probably get like, uh, I don't know, like 70, 80% of people that leave you a review if you do it this way. So I think that's, that, that's pretty good. All right, that's it. Hope you enjoyed this edited version of the webinar. You can also watch the entire version, including like questions that people ask and some other stuff that I left out. If you go to getpaidforyourpet.com, 
you'll find the show notes for this podcast and I have links there to not only the full recording of this webinar, but also the slides that we used. So go ahead and get those at getpaidforyourpet.com. Awesome. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And next week I'll be back with another podcast episode. So I hope you see them. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.